0: Yeah. Six plus. Hi everyone. Whoa, were you are you about to take a lap, dude? Or? Um, I was
1: like, I'm going to go take a lap, but the Lord was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. There it
0: is. Some A couple of people, some fools took laps last night. I was one of those fools. Yeah, people
2: took. Yeah, she took a lap. There
0: was a moment, and then people were like, okay. And they're like, yeah, that was great. Uh, let's let's pray for, for Taylor and the and the youth. Come on, thank you Lord. Lord, we just pray for uh, Pastor Taylor of the whole the youth group, right? Is the youth group? Yeah. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you would cover them with the blood of Jesus, that you protect them. And Lord God, we thank you for just uh, sending angelic protection and angelic help, Lord God, that they could do supernatural things that they never thought they would do, God, that they would have testimonies after testimonies of transformation, not only in their lives, but in the lives of the people down there. God, we thank you for them, and we just send blessing over to them right now. Lord, we pray even that uh, We're uh, even kids and all that stuff. Sometimes it can be stressful with younger kids and drinking monsters and stuff. So, Lord, I I'd have I'd, I have a little personal experience with that. Lord, give him peace. <laughs> Help Taylor, Lord, to have a lot of mercy on Taylor. No, in Jesus' name, Amen. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn if you can find it, or you can if it's on your phone, you'll find it really a lot easier. Uh, the book of Obadiah.
2: Oh, God. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh God!
0: Y'all didn't even know that was in the Bible, did you? obadiah yeah. what? Oba, what?
1: <laughs>
2: it is
0: actually the smallest book in the Old Testament, by the way. It is called, it, it's what is known as the Minor Prophets. And, uh, yeah. And if you don't, if you can't find it, it's probably where the pages are still stuck together if you have an actual Bible. And, uh, <laughs> I read the whole thing man This is the deal Sometimes we're like I'm led This is how I read the Bible I read Proverbs and Psalms And like Matthew and Mark sometimes I'm not really led to anywhere else
3: How
0: many of y'all know Some people are like I'm spirit led when I read the Bible You, know, you your own spirit led to the To the fun, to the fun parts You know what I mean like, Y'all ain't going through Leviticus Y'all ain't going through Numbers You know that's how, that's how I got married to Rochelle. I was like, girl, I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized it did not have yours. Yay. Hallelujah. Oh, she's like, oh, let me hook you up. <laughs> and I told her mom, I was like, you should have named her Faith, because she was the evidence of things I was hoping for. Ew. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I know you accepted Jesus in your heart, but is there some room for me? Hallelujah. Another one.
3: I was like, I was
0: like, girl. I was like, girl, I got to get to prophecy and I can see you in my future. (laughs) And it worked, hallelujah. You see that? It worked. That's what happened.
2: Go, (laughs) Hunter.
0: And Hunter made it on the scene because all that worked. Praise the Lord. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: come on let, you know if, if you like the person next to you just give them a little elbow you know what i mean just let them know uh two elbows if you want to date after crux tonight whoa 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 a little too far what the heck if you
2: <laughs>
0: thank you lord obadiah this is what it says. I'm not going to read the whole book. There's 21 verses. We're going to read verse 21. Praise the Lord. I mean, I know when you get to the end of the book, you know what the answer is. All right. That's not true with the Bible. I tried to read the book of Revelation when I first got saved, and it jacked me up. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, let's start back at an easier one. This is what it says. Then saviors, everyone say saviors. saviors. Then saviors shall come to Mount Zion. Everyone say Mount Zion. Mount Zion saviors shall come to mount zion to judge the mountains of esau and the kingdom shall be the lords that's the verse right there saviors shall come to mount zion to judge the mountains of esau and the kingdom shall be the lords notice the word saviors is plural you see that? It's saviors. Not savior, but saviors. There's only one savior. His name's Jesus, but there's a lot of saviors, which is his followers or his body. Come on. We know that Christ is the savior, but we as followers of Christ, that makes us saviors. Come on, somebody. This might mess some, some theology up. Some translations even say deliverers. You might see that in your footnote if you have a, a new King James or whatever. Uh, it, some translations say then deliverers will go up to Mount Zion, but this one says saviors. So here is the point of tonight. Uh, as you can see, we're talking about a sozo company, and I believe that God is raising up a sozo company. The word Savior in the New Testament uh, is, is rooted in a Greek word called sozo. Everyone say sozo. 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 And this word means being, in, in summary, uh, it means being saved, healed, and delivered. It's like that, that song, saved, healed, delivered, I'm yours. That's not the words, but that's better than whatever the other ones were. Signed, sealed, delivered, saved, healed, delivered. Come on, somebody. Saved, healed, delivered, and this is what it means. It means having forgiveness of sins, deliverance from torment, and healing in your body. This is what Jesus does for us. Come on, that's a good place to say amen. Sozo, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this around so you understand what we're talking about tonight. God is raising up a, a company, a Sozo company, a group of people who are saviors, as Obadiah said, and deliverers, and, and I believe even further, releasing the healing power of God, and so what Sozo is, is being saved, healed, delivered, it releases, when you're in the realm of Sozo, when you get saved, basically, you get forgiveness of sins, you get deliverance from torment in your mind, and in your soul, and you get healing in your body, it is the best package you could ever get, come on, it, it, is, it is amazing, and that's what Jesus does for us, how many of y'all know what I mean? Jesus forgives you, writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on. And He heals your body. How many of y'all have actually experienced a physical healing in your body before? Come on. This is what God does. And and He also sets us free from torment. Because how many of y'all, when we got saved, we came in with a little bit of baggage. You know what I mean? And deliverance is basically Jesus taking the baggage off your life. <laughs> And you will be getting more and more free. That's what, that's what deliverance is. And so if that's what Jesus does, then that's also what we get to do. Because we're followers of Him. And so I, I think we're in a series called, like, This is What You Do. Yeah. Like that, this is what you do. This is what you do. You, may, you know, but this is what you do. If Jesus is doing this stuff, then that means you're doing this stuff. Woo! The, the Bible says that the, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Yeah. And First John chapter 2, it also says anyone who claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Oh. And so if Jesus brought forgiveness, if Jesus brought healing, if Jesus set the captives free and he set, de, and, and he, and he set people free, bringing deliverance from demons and all kind of crazy oh. stuff, then that means that's what we get to do. Yeah. God is raising up a sozo company. Someone say sozo company.
2: Sozo company.
0: We are his body on the earth, we're his representatives, and we get to release what he releases. Can you imagine this now? Imagine a company that is releasing forgiveness, deliverance, and the healing of God on the earth today, right here in San Marcos, right here at Cal State, right here in Escondido, come on, because they need it in (laughs) Escondido, and Vista, and all this region. Can you imagine not just one Jesus walking on the earth, but a whole bunch of Jesuses coming on the earth, releasing forgiveness to sin, of sins, deliverance from torment, and healing from disease. Wow. That's amazing, man. It's not just some you know boring Bible study where you're just reading pages and like, uh, how can I not sin? No, no, no. Forget that. It, it, sometimes we're like, it's all about sin management. It's like, forget that. Jesus paid for it. Believe in what Jesus did for you. Start moving forward and the stuff will fall off. Wow. And sometimes we're like, let's let get in our Christian huddle on the campus. Are you still saying, okay, cool. I'm still saying, you still saying, okay. Well, someone is so bad to me. Okay, you got slime. Let's pray for you. And it's just like, what are we doing? We are a company of saviors, healers, and deliverers. And so I'm telling you that the. the I I've, I I've said this plenty of times here before, but there's something about just doing the work of Christ that actually sets you free right. like instead of getting caught up in, i I'm not good enough or they slime me with their words and they said this and they left me and they don't like me and, and the, you know the cat died you know this morning and all this stuff. <laughs> basically a country song happened in your life
2: <laughs> You know what I mean
0: sometimes we're so introspective that it actually drives us to be selfish. And we didn't even realize it, but love is the opposite of selfish. Come on. Come on. And, and what happens is we get in these little you know huddles and we forgot why we're still on the planet. You know, I love what Bobby Connor says. He says, "If that was the case, then we're supposed to just go to heaven. The only ministries that would be needed is evangelist and assassin." You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you accept Jesus, and then, someone, bam, you're gone.
0: You're in glory. Come
2: on. <laughs>
0: and I'm telling you, and this is the this is the best part. In releasing Sozo, a Sozo company, you inevitably are releasing hope and freedom and joy and righteousness on the earth. Come on. You are actually affecting change wherever you go. Yeah. Can, can, you, can you imagine that the result of Sozo is hope for the future? How many of you know that's what people need today? They need to know. In, in light of the political upheaval, you know, like, it's, oh, it got silent. That got, got a little weird right
2: there.
0: In light of the political upheaval, people need hope. Hope is a good expectation of the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, an eager expectation that good is coming your way. And how many of you know, it's not going to be based on whoever's in the presidential office. It's going to be based, based on your faith in Jesus because God can trump all of that, no pun intended.
2: <laughs> hey, it's,
0: it's hope for the future. I'm telling you, I mean, there, there's crazy stuff that's going on in the world today. But it's, this is what Sozo does. This is what you're called to be, not just to come in here and have a moment, which is part of the Sozo company, is people of his presence. But it's also to actually live like Jesus outside of there. I know this might sound crazy, but I feel like a prophet coming in here just to recalibrate our purpose on the earth again. Yeah. To recalibrate us to go, oh yeah, that's why I'm alive. <laughs> it's not just to accumulate money and accumulate possessions, and so that way I can do good and then die one day. <laughs> You, you, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus said this guy was hoarding all this stuff. And then and then he tells this parable and he says, hey, this guy didn't know that he was hoarding all this stuff. But this very night his life will be taken from him. Wow. And then what?
3: Wow.
0: <laughs> and then what? But if I like, like Dakota's gonna be a millionaire before he's 30. Hey. And so he, <laughs> so the thing is, he, he's gonna be like getting all this wealth and then funding the things of the kingdom. Yeah. Come on. And, 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 and ending poverty and ending sex trafficking I'm just telling him you know, what he can do with it or pay, pay me to make my album or something yeah. but I'm telling you th- this is because when we get recalibrated back to our purpose then we realize oh this is why I'm alive it's not just to have an American dream but it's God's dream which is on earth as it is in heaven yep. come on whoa! this is why we're here this is why we're here and here is the reality it's not just hope for the future but it's freedom in the now that's what Sozo does. It releases freedom for you now. It releases joy in all circumstances. That's kingdom. If you're in the kingdom, you have the access and the potential to have joy in every circumstance because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Ghost? He lives in me. That means the kingdom's in me, and all the things of the kingdom are living inside of me, which is joy. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul so and its righteousness which is right living without legalism Woo! <laughs> righteousness it's right living without legalism. It starts with right believing. I've been made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus. But now I live righteous because of what he did for me. My who is before my do. I am righteous, therefore I will live righteous. And I live for him because
3: he died for me. This is the Bible, man. I was calling you the Bible. We live for
0: him. Not out of obligation, not out of I have to, but because I want to lay my life down for the one who laid his life down for me. And when you've tasted and seen that God is good, this just comes naturally. I don't have to, you know, we still deal with temptations, but I'm not sitting there going like, man... Should I really go and steal this thing from the store, you know, whatever? Should I, should I really go in this immoral situation? Should I really go? Because, yes, temptations will come. But the, the reality is, is that righteousness is a byproduct of being righteous. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Living Living right. But it's without legalism. So it's not a bunch of rules of, you know, I have to do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. that. That's not the gospel. The gospel is your heart's now connected to the Father, and the Father is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. Amen. So walk in the light as He is in the light, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin. This is, this. I'm just quoting you the Bible. This is 1 John. And, and I'm telling you, this is how it is. And I just feel like sometimes... We, we forget the point of it all. And sozo was meant to actually transform our lives so we live a righteous life on the earth. Not for the sake of being right, so I can be right, so God will like me because I'm being right. No, no, no. He already likes you, and He clothed you with His righteousness, forgiven your sins, wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're going to heaven, hallelujah. hallelujah. But our natural response to seeing the face of God is I just want to live right. Yes. I have this person inside of me <laughs> he lives in here man mm-hmm. you know what I mean You're like well don't say that. don't be don't be doing that in church don't lie in church at all you are church you are church <laughs> and and so then integrity becomes an issue of your entire life uh you know holiness becomes an issue of your entire life you don't. You don't watch the same things. You don't do the same things. All the different things. And and I'm telling you, I got rid of all my secular music, not because someone told me. And I'm not even telling you to do this. I did it because I was convicted by God that there was a contradiction yeah. in my mouth where I would sing along to this stuff.
2: Ooh.
0: And again, I. You know, I, I'm I'm at a point point where like it's I, I understand that you know there's gifts and and stuff in the world and people have all that, but I, I was just driving in my car and I realized I was singing about the holiness of God at church and then I started singing about a one night stand in my car and I felt like something
2: was wrong.
0: In other words, sometimes we don't realize it. And this might be heavy. Sometimes we don't realize it, but we're getting discipled by demons because we're listening to stuff that is from, you know, is infected with that. You know what I mean? We didn't even realize it. We're getting discipleship from stuff. We didn't, we didn't even realize it. Because medit- like I'm telling you, songs, music is one of the highest forms of meditation. Why? Because you're repeating the same thing over and over again, and it gets stuck in your mind, and then if it gets over there... Uh, enough it drops down into your heart and then you can't get it out it's hard to get it out did you know that that worship that's why worship is one of the highest forms of meditation that's why sometimes we wonder like why do we always repeat the part in that song why are we always repeating (laughs) phrases over and over again you didn't realize it but god was actually accomplishing something in your life he was taking the seed of the word of god and driving it down into your heart Woo. well I don't really like worship I don't like, well you know I'm, it's just a really easy way to get the word inside of you yes. and it transformed the way you think I'm not a musical person well yeah you are God is and you're created in his image whether you, whether you make a joyful noise or you sound like Alicia Keys it don't matter you know what I mean it don't matter yeah so, I was at a church in Canada a few weeks ago and they had me lead worship on Sunday morning and I was like okay cool but it was like me by myself you know like so no one wants to you know like I'm thinking and then later on the dude who was hosting it he's like yeah you know uh, the worship team is um, he was trying to be nice he was like you know they like, just make like a joyful noise you know what I mean right just make a noise. and I was like dang yeah, yeah that's funny I was like, "Oh, that's why I'm up here by myself and it, you know on a Sunday morning church with me and my acoustic guitar, you know? Like, I'm like, "Hey, it works, but it'd be nice to have a pan."
2: <laughs>
0: all right, that was all for free. <laughs> Here's the reality: If we as a Sozo company are to be releasing forgiveness, healing and deliverance, that means people actually need it. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Say it again. Say it again. If, if, if we're going to be a social company who's releasing salvation, healing, and deliverance, again, we're not the saviors, we're not the healers, we're not the deliverers primarily, but God lives in us, so therefore we are. Yeah. You get that? Yes. Yeah. And yep. so, like, if we're going to be doing that, here is the easiest, you know, logical deduction. That means people need it. Yep. That means people all around you need forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That means people all around you need to be set free because they, they're dealing with some torments in their mind. Mm-hmm. That means people all around you need healing in their bodies. That actually means, because you've got to think about this. This is, this is O oh, Holy Night. Long lay the world in sin and ever pining till he appeared. And the soul felt its worth. You've got you to gotta think about this. Why did Jesus even come? Because people needed saving, healing, and delivering. Hey! And if that's true, if there's a company of saviors being released on the earth today, then that means people around you need the same thing. So good. It is the most easiest logical deduction, but I'm here just as a prophetic voice to say, remember? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: This is what you do. This is the series. This is what you do. If it's what Jesus says, then it's what we do. And man, I'm telling you, it's all over the place. This is, this is what God has called us to. People actually need it. We have to, we have to think in terms of... Uh, of what jesus wants to do for people instead of getting them into our religion because sometimes we're like you know we're like you, you know we want to get them here you know come to my church here pray my salvation prayer which is totally fine but the reality is is that god that all that stuff will actually take care of itself if they meet with jesus you know you know what i mean when they when they so like the psalmist says taste and see that the lord is good then they'll they'll follow jesus wasn't start trying to start a new cool club he wasn't trying to make a better religion than anybody else he was gathering lost sons and daughters to come back home to his father that's what he was doing as hebrews 2 i believe it's verse 10 it talks about uh, jesus was bringing many sons to glory that's what he did what's glory the manifest presence of god jesus goal was to bring many sons and daughters into glory back home someone say back home. home and I believe that this was demonstrated through the love of God but also through the supernatural power it was the love of God demonstrated in the supernatural power of God and I, I'm telling you you approach it differently when we're not trying to just get them to join our church or pray our prayer but the, the, those are good things but the goal is for them to be connected with the Lord this is what Jude uh, the, it's another it's the other smallest book in the Bible in the New Testament smallest book in the New Testament Come on, we're getting the obscure passages here. Jude, and, and it only is one chapter, so it's verses 23, uh, 22 and 23. This is what it says. Be merciful to those who doubt. And then verse 23, save others by snatching them from the fire.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. That wow. verse jumped out. That point, it's, it's great. I'm glad that the Lord's on it because you all responded to the very verse that the Lord put in my heart. He said, save others by snatching them out of the fire. And it ain't the good kind of fire, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but like, fire! Okay, that's a different fire, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We want the baptism of the Holy Ghost from fire? Yes. But he ain't saving them out of that fire. He saw them out of the hell fire. He said, save others by snatching them from the fire. This is what James, James 5.20 said. Remember this, James 5.20, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Wow. This is James 5.20, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's an awesome job description. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, get, the, we get the ability to snatch people out of hellfire. Now again, not all of us are called to be evangelists. Not all of us are actually, you know, in that office or whatever. But the reality is, is that as followers of Jesus, we have something that the world needs. And we're not coming with pride. We're not coming with presumption. We're, we're not coming as like the great white of hope, you know. But we are coming as, as humble servants saying, you know what? I'm just a servant of Jesus, and he actually wanted me to tell you this. And if it's from the Lord, it's going to have glory on it, and it's going to be anointed, and people are going to get touched. It's just the way it is. I, it just happened right now. I don't know if you realize. I read Jude, verses 22 and 23, and all the... Ex, I, you can even look at my iPad. The very part that was high, I, I, I put in bold is what you all responded to. The rest of it, you're all like, oh, that was cool. But the other part you highlight, that I highlighted, that I felt the Lord was highlighting to me, you all responded to. Why? Because when God's on the Word, it just touches hearts, and people can't help but respond. Yeah. Come on. I heard the Lord say that verse, snatch others out of the fire. Okay, cool, so I put it in there, but I put the context there so we kind of knew where it was coming from, but y'all didn't respond on the first part, y'all responded on the part the Lord highlighted. I'm just telling you this only because, so you know that when God's highlighting a word, there's glory on it. There's power on it. And then people will respond to the power of God that's coming through your voice. You with me on that? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not just like, here, let me throw them like 300 scriptures about salvation. So hopefully like one of them No, no, no. Just tell them what the Lord's saying and it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> and that that requires us to, you know, last week I think it was talking about this is what you do. You hear the Lord, right? I didn't hear I didn't hear the message, but
1: <laughs> but I heard
0: the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. And this is what I feel. And I, actually I I feel like this is this is a word for you, okay? And Numbers. You can write this verse down. Numbers 11, verse 29. This is what it says. Moses. Here, let me give you context here. Uh, basically, Moses was like the one-man show in, in Israel. He was the leader and he was doing everything. And so he has, you know, the Lord's basically like, I'm, "This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take from the the spirit that's on you. I'm gonna place it on 70 elders, and uh, so kind of spread out the load, basically. And that happens. The, the The spirit of prophecy gets released, and all these dudes start prophesying. And there's some other dudes. Way out in the, you know, in the camp, and their names were Eldad and Medad, okay? <laughs> Some mean parents right there. But, no, I'm blaming it. was in Israel, so it was normal. And Eldad and Medad weren't at the meeting, they didn't make it to the conference, so to speak. But they started prophesying way over on the other side of the camp. Another dude heard about it, and he, and they went and told they went to Joshua basically. He was he was actually kind of frustrated about it. Can you imagine this? Joshua. And he goes to they go to Moses and they're like, hey. You know Moses. There's other people. They, they're prophesying over there. And this is his, his response. Numbers eleven twenty nine. He says, "Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that God would put His spirit on all of them." Yeah. This is this is the cry of Moses. Numbers eleven twenty nine. Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that He would take His spirit and put Him on put it on all of them. Wow. This is what it says. And then, and and so what 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 was that? I, I feel like the Lord is literally. Not only raising up saviors and, you know, deliverers and healers, but it's a company of prophets that are coming up. God actually, I really really feel like the Lord is actually responding to Moses' cry. It wasn't even necessarily a prayer. It was just like a cry of his heart, like, oh my gosh. I don't want to be the only dude who can prophesy. Because <laughs> if I'm the only dude who prophesies, that means all these millions of people right here, they're all coming to me for a personal word. You know what I mean? Like, no, I get it. it. That wasn't necessarily the context with them. But can you imagine that? on be on, on the earth today, the only dude who heard God? You <laughs> know, like, oh, man. <laughs> that's wrong. And God, I mean, God's shifting things from just a one-man show to a company. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a people group. It's, a, it's not just one dude doing it. And that's what I believe the Lord's doing for you. He's, he's, I feel like the Lord's like raising you up, and he's, you're, he's, he's putting His words in your mouth. And I saw this during worship. I feel like the word of the Lord is coming out of your mouth. And so I just feel like God's going to begin to start downloading words for you uh, to speak to people. And they might be long, they might be short, but it's the sword of the Lord. And I want to push pause on that for a second. I was in worship at another uh, place, you know, another more conservative area. And uh, man, their worship was awesome. And, and I'm telling you, like, the musician excellence, the sound system, all the stuff, like, it was a great experience. And it was anointed. But this is what I heard the Lord. And I, was, and I was cut to the heart. I'm telling you, I, it, I hadn't had a moment like this, an encounter like this for a while. But in the midst of the anointed worship, they were singing to the Lord. I heard the Lord say in my heart, he said, where's the sword of the Lord? He, put it, he said, where's the sword of the Lord? And he kept saying this over in my heart. And I just, I broke and I honestly didn't fully understand it until, like, you know, sometimes your spirit catches something and your mind has to, like, catch up to it. But this is what I feel like the Lord was saying. He wasn't just wanting vertical worship. Like, although, although that is important to him, he wants to respond. He wants to release the sword of the Lord back to us. He, he wants to speak like, because when God's voice comes on the earth, things come into order. Yes. And if God, if no one's prophesying, if no one's releasing the sword of the Lord, then we're actually missing out on something that God wants to accomplish in the earth. It's Isaiah 55. My word comes from my mouth to accomplish the thing for which I sent it, and it will not return to me void or empty. And so God actually has stuff that he wants to accomplish. And sometimes he wants to correct. Sometimes he wants to set things in order, shake things up, cut some things out. That's the sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord is so sharp. It says it's sharper than any double-edged sword in Hebrews 4.12. And it cuts so precise that it can cut right where it needs to, cut the things that don't need to be there out, and keep the things that do need to be there in. And it's, so, it's like an exacto knife. Yeah. That's the Word of the Lord. That's what the Word of the Lord does. And when people are releasing the Word of the Lord, then then, uh, things are accomplished in the earth that could not be accomplished any other way.
2: They're like, well,
0: it's already in the Bible. Yes, but it just happened earlier. You saw, and I just told you, there was a part that the Lord was highlighting, not the other parts, but that one part, and it did something to your heart. It bore witness in your heart because God was on it.
1: Yeah. You
0: get what I mean, and that's what the Lord's gonna be doing for you. He's gonna be speaking through you. He's gonna be giving you words. I, I, I hear, I see coworkers, and I and I see just different areas of your life, yeah. and even um, like a some someone in like your. I, I feel like it might be like a grandfather or something like that. There might be uh, family type of words, and those sometimes are the hardest ones to give. Y'all you know, know what I mean? Because you know like, it's like so familiar sometimes. Yeah. But I'm telling you, God's going to give you, and he's going to make your mouth like a, like a sharp sword, and God's going to speak through you, and it's going to be powerful. How many of y'all believe that's, that's yeah. it? That's yeah.
2: it? Yeah. yeah.
0: So God is raising up a company of saviors, healers, deliverers, and prophets. How many of y'all want to be a part of the company? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Bam.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And this is what I also want to say. Okay, I'm just watching the clock here. The Sozo company is not just a job description, it's a way of life. So like, it's not just, you know, something that we do when, like, you know, the keyboard's in the back and someone's Shondying in the corner and, like, you know, it's like everyone's got their hands open and all that stuff. It's like, that's cool, but that's, that, that only happens sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so this is why I'm saying this. It's, it's not just something you clock in on and you clock out. It's who we are, and therefore it's what we do. And, and I'm telling you, it's not just for ministers or those extra passionate people. It's for the business people. It's for the athletes. It's for the office assistants. Come on. It's for the servers. It's for those in retail. How many of y'all know that in retail, you have a really awesome opportunity to practice words of knowledge? Is your name Frank? No? Oh, okay. You look like somebody else. You know. <laughs> Do you have this going on? No? Oh, okay. Oh, you do? Oh, you know. And you can practice on fools all day long, and they don't even know what you're doing. Amen.
2: Yes. Yeah. Hey. Y'all don't want to
0: play with me. All right. Oh, <laughs> Y'all have an opportunity when, when, when those telemarketers call. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're trying to they're trying to sell you something, man. But one time this little this little girl, she was like fifteen or something, I don't know. She came to my house trying to sell me chocolates to raise money for her, you know, six flag strip or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I bought something from her. And then I said, let me, let me talk to you about something. And I preached the gospel to her and led her to the Lord right out my doorstep. <laughs> Y'all going to tell me something. I'm going to tell you something. It's better than this chocolate right here. Taste and see, you know. <laughs> Woo! And I have a chance to start, I, you know, I'm starting to hang out and, and be around different people. I get to rub shoulders with different people. And, like, for, for example, like, Jeremy got to go to, uh, I think it was the Lakers game or something like that recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got to sit courtside because know, he knows somebody that basically used to be a coach for the NBA or something. And uh, so they got to sit courtside. And they ended, up, they, they ended up getting to prophesy over the manager for the, for the Lakers. Wow.
2: Come on, man.
0: It's amazing. And so it wasn't like, well, it ain't no revival meeting, you know. We didn't, you know. It's like, you are the revival meeting. Come on. You know what I mean? And there's, and, and Samuel Robinson, you, you guys know who he is? Yeah. Like, dude, I'm telling you, he, he's got connections with professional hockey players, professional, you know, baseball players and all these. And there's people who are saved and all this stuff. That's how they got that stadium. You might have heard the story, but they got, they, uh, God said he was going to give him a stadium. He's like, how are we going to do it, Lord? And this whole thing happened. So long story short, they rented like a box that was like a, like what are the VIP boxes? You know, you can go in there. And they just, they made it a prayer night and a worship thing. They just worshiped and prayed the whole time. It ended up being that one of the hockey players was injured. So, so they sent him up to the room. The dude gets healed in the, in there. And, and I don't, I think he might've got saved too, or I, I don't remember that part. But basically what ended up happening was because they were just releasing the power of God, because people are asking, is this thing real or not? You know, like, like, show me some power. Is this real or is this just a theory? You know what I mean? Are we believing in man's wisdom or are we believing in the power of God? And so that happened. The power of God came. They ended up inviting them. And and I think it was the manager of that specific hockey team said, or the owner of the the stadium basically said, we'll give you this stadium to do whatever event you want to do. And basically they had Christian athletes in there. They packed the place out. And it was like 80% unsaved people coming to our event. And so when they would share testimonies when people would get healed, it was like, oh, F yeah. You know, like they're, because they don't, you know, they're amen, They don't have an amen yet. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) And it's the highest praise from the lowest point. You know what I mean? They don't know how to do it. <laughs> and people are getting saved like crazy because someone, someone broke out of the box. They realized that it wasn't just for a church meeting. They realized that it was a lifestyle. It was the way they live life. We just see it. We just—that's how you see now. It's the lens that you wear. How many you know? How y'all remember what you know, like? Say, and some of us might still be in the stage, but like. Uh, when you go to high school, they make you, like, learn Spanish or you have to have, like, a foreign language or sometimes even in college too, right? They make you learn Spanish? Okay, they do. Oh, you have to. Okay. I don't know. Uh, here's the deal, though. How many of y'all know, like, in the beginning... If, you, if you're still in this stage, okay, you'll get it. But you, like if you're at Danielle's level, you can just talk, you know, speak Spanish and you don't have to think. But how yeah you know that one, that one stage where you're learning you know, how to conjugate verbs, you're like, you know, tenemos, tener, tango, you know, all this stuff. But then there's this point where you don't have to conjugate verbs in your head. It just comes naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Help I me mean, That's what happens when you meditate on the word so much that you don't have to think about it anymore. It just flows and it becomes your lifestyle. You with me on this? If you're not trying to go like, oh, how can I heal the sick or how can I cast demons out or whatever, you just meditated on the word so much and you did the word so much that it became a part of your natural lifestyle. You're not trying to conjugate verbs anymore. You're
1: just doing it. You are the verb. Come on.
2: You are, verb. you are
0: the verb. Come on. Woo. I'm a
2: bird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I mean, if God's raising up saviors, then he's going to give you opportunity to release salvation. If he's raising up deliverers, he's going to give you opportunity for deliverance. If he's raising up healers, he's going to give you opportunity for healing. Like we were just on Sunday morning with, with, with Jamal's homies. You know, they came in and, and God was kind of like, get them. <laughs> And and they, dude, we, they prayed and got touched with the Holy Ghost, and they got saved right there in the front, man. It was awesome. Come on, man. Because if God's raising up saviors, I, I'm just excited because I haven't been able to, I, not haven't been able, I haven't led someone to the Lord for a little while, so I'm like, oh, hallelujah, this is the, this is the joy of the Lord. Come on. And these dudes accepted Jesus right at the altar, and I was, you know, people were like waiting to talk to me. And I'm not, not like I'm so cool, but I'm just saying like people are like waiting there. And I'm like trying to explain salvation right now. I'm like, bro, your question can wait. You know what I mean? You're already going to heaven. I don't know about these fools right here. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Bam. If God's, if God's raising up saviors, then he's giving you opportunity for salvation. Come on. If he's, if he's raising up deliverers, then he'll give you opportunity to cast demons out. Ooh. That's scary. Nah, greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. And sometimes you don't even realize you're casting demons out. People get healed as a spirit of infirmity that was tormented in them. Sometimes uh, when people are dealing with guilt, shame, fear, whatever it is, sometimes you're kicking the spirit of fear off of them. And it, and it may not be, real. It, you may not think, oh, I cast demon out, they were foaming out the mouth, you know. It, it, like, it, it may not look like that. It may just be this heaviness that was sitting on their shoulders for a, about a month or so, it's gone. or whatever. It's gone, because the spirit of fear left them, the, the spirit of heaviness, whatever. Amen. Yeah. Alright, hold up. <laughs> I'm just checking the time, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I want to say this too, because sometimes, I, I kind of started touching on this, uh, letting go of selfishness. I'm throwing this in there because this kind of stuff inevitably starts popping up. I want to say this, is that selfishness is a fruit of being overly introspective. Let that, let that settle. Selfishness is a fruit of being overly introspective. And let me, let me here here's another one-liner, okay? But these are ones you got to think about. Insecurity drives us to be so introspective that selfishness is a byproduct of it existing in our hearts. Insecurity drives us to be so introspective that selfishness ends up being a byproduct of it existing in our hearts. Because all we're doing is thinking about ourselves. On the contrary, when the love of God begins to flood your heart, Two things happen. I said this last time, I think. Uh, two things happen, though. The love of God fills your heart. Not only do you feel good about yourself, uh, in other words, you have a healthy view of yourself because you realize how much God loves you, but it also takes your eyes off of yourself because love doesn't seek its own, and you start looking about who else you can be a blessing to. Yeah. Selfishness does the exact opposite, and you're always thinking about, what are they thinking about me? Oh, there's this thing. Oh, is there a bigger in on my face? You know, whatever. Huh? That's just, Whatever. <laughs> Is there this? What do they think about me? They don't like my nose. They don't like my face. They don't like the way I said that. They don't like the way I'm dressing. They don't like me. You know, you know, all this stuff. And guess what? You're thinking about the whole time. Yeah. Yourself. <laughs> and you don't even realize it. You, you, I'm telling you. I know this because I've lived it. You don't even realize that you're being selfish.
2: Okay. Wow. <laughs> Ooh.
0: And, and we can let it go the more we look outside of ourselves to Christ and His love for us and fully embrace and believe in Him. The answer is not found in yourself. The answer is found in, if you want to go in yourself, it's Christ in you. Yes. But you cannot be found from digging down deep and mustering up enough courage to do the things. Uh-huh. You can't do that. Some people actually have enough willpower to do that, but some people don't. And the reality is, it's just the, the playing ground is not evil, but the level at the, the, the foot at the cross is level. The Bible says that every mountain will be made low, every valley will be exalted. In other words, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all, in other words, in Christ, we'll have the same opportunity. You get what I mean on this? Like, it's not just about you, you know, getting some good self-help. It's you getting God help. And God can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that you can ask or imagine. When God's on your side, I'm telling you, uh, this is the story of my life. I'm I'm just some random skinny Hawaiian dude who likes to skateboard. And then I picked up the guitar, you know. But I'm telling you, God starts putting me around people, and, and now like Bobby Connor, you know, I get to hang out with Bobby Connor. Yeah. I get to hang out with all these people. Again, it's not about cool status, but I would never imagine that I get to speak in a conference. Uh, my name is on the same picture as yeah. Bobby Connor and Sean Bowles and all these other dudes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, come on. And I can't make that happen. I cannot. Yeah. I am, uh, you know, like, yeah. inadequate yeah. to make that happen. But God is good.
2: Amen. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm
0: just saying, I had to throw that out there because I want you to know that, like, this Sozo company is the kind of people who are completely relying on God for success. The good news is God wants you to be be successful. That's Joshua 1.8. You know, it's funny, dude. I swear, you could put, you know, I do this and maybe I shouldn't, but it's like little baits for the religious spirit. You know what I mean? Like, God wants you to be prosperous. Oh watch all the all the religious people come out. No you know like what wow, well, you want to be poor the rest of your life, dude. What kind of gospel is that? You know, like Spirit, soul, and body, God wants you to prosper. Amen. That's the Bible. That's third John verse two, if you want a verse for that. Or John ten, 10. you know, that's here. Still and destroy is the devil. <laughs> life and abundance, you know, is God. And I like that one better. And it's weird because the religious spirit will fight to keep people impoverished and jacked up and, you know, uh, limited and all. Ugh. And then they, in the name of, like, we're trying to serve God. <laughs> we're going to be humble. You know, I'm taking a vow of poverty. <laughs> you don't have to, though. <laughs> you don't have to. And I get it. Like, it, I respect and I actually really admire, you know, like someone like Mother Teresa who literally didn't care. Because the reality is, You realize at the end of the day that Christ is the great reward. And no matter how much money you have in your bank account, no matter how many possessions you have, or no matter how many friends or, you know, status, or all the different things that we, like, push for as an American culture, all of that is secondary to the prize of Christ. Like, you can't, like, nothing can replace that. You know what I mean? All the money in the world cannot buy you happiness. It's just the way it is. But Jesus is the one satisfies every desire of our soul. Okay, I'm moving forward here. And maybe we'll get to the last thing. But the second part I want to say is this. Is that the social company are a people of His presence. Obadiah said that they would go up to Mount Zion. Now, this is the deal. Mount Zion is, like, talked about a lot in Scripture. I don't know if you realize that. When you, it's, the first mention is when, when David took over the city, uh, which was basically Jerusalem, and they, and they said they named Zion the city of David. And then, one of the first things David did when he took over uh, Jerusalem was that he brought the Ark of the Covenant back into his city. Did you know this? This is 2 Samuel chapter 6. You can read this. And it actually, let me, just read, let me just read verse twelve or 17 too. 2 Samuel 6, 17. So they brought the Ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle or the tent that David had erected for it. Then David br- uh, offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. David actually made a tent for the Ark of the Covenant to come into they offered sacrifices in the beginning and then David set up a worship team basically to, to worship day and night, night and day. And and for some scholars actually think thirty-three years there is a nonstop song being played.
2: Wow. Yeah,
0: thirty-three years. Sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Wow. Jesus is the song of the Lord. Come on.
2: Oh.
0: But there is consistent worship being raised up. Uh, uh, being, being lifted up to the Lord at, at Mount Zion. So it's not just something Bob Marley talks about. It's an actual <laughs> awesome place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was a, it was a tent, and then they put the Ark of the Covenant in there, which carried the glory. Yeah. Uh, and then they had musicians. They, they, burnt, they did offerings before at one time, but then after that, it was just consistent worship being raised to the Lord, which is a, which is a new covenant experience in an old covenant time. Wow. That's wild, because David could actually pull the future into now, Because he was so connected to the heart of God. And as a side note, how awesome would it be? I was reading the book of Revelation the other day. And I realized in the very last chapter, chapter 22, there's the river that flows from the throne. And then there's these trees on each side of the river. And the Bible says that the leaves of those trees are for the healing of the nations. And I got to thinking, why do they need healing of the nations all the way in heaven in Revelation 22? (laughs) You ever wonder, Like, why would they have healing for the nations when there's no more disease? You follow me? Mm. Yeah. Probably because he was uh, enticing us to pull the future into
2: Ooh. him. Oh he, did it, he,
0: you know, he, he did it to Jesus and Mary with the water and the wine. It wasn't Jesus' time yet, but my, my mom's like, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> yeah. And she pulled Jesus into his wow. season. Wow. And I just wonder, wow. God might have placed some leaves that have healing for the nations way out in the future, so to speak. Wow. And if someone would get hungry, if they might be able to grab those leaves and bring them to earth.
2: Wow.
0: I mean, if, if we believe all things are possible, it might be. Woo! David, I'm telling you, this is what happens. The Sozo company are people of God's presence. They went up to Mount Zion. What was Zion? It was the place where 24-7 worship was being raised to the Lord all the time. It was a place of ministering to the Lord. And then... The Bible tells us that David actually set up uh, musicians to prophesy upon their instruments. And so not only was it ministering to the Lord, but now, this is what I said earlier, the Lord is beginning to minister to us. That's what Mount Zion was. This is how, if you read in the book of Psalms, if you ever wonder, uh, sometimes the narrative is us talking to God, and then all of a sudden God talks back. You you know this? It's like, it's all over the Psalms. You know, you'll see it, I think, in... uh, in Psalm 46, they're saying God's an ever-present help in time of need, verse 1. And then it jumps down to verse 10, and it says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah, Wait, right. who's talking there? <laughs>
2: God. God. So here's, a,
0: here's what happened. Wow. They would be lifting up worship to God, and they would be singing these songs. Uh, God is an ever-present help in time of need, talking about God being exalted and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, oh, God's like, it's my turn to talk. And the, the prophets, because the musicians were prophets, they started speaking. And that's how we quote this all the time. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations. But we don't even realize that we're actually quoting a prophetic moment that happened. And it just happened wow. to get recorded. Wow. We're like, where's prophetic worship? Right there. Right? forty six. That's good. Is that in the Bible? Yeah, right there. You know, like sometimes... Like Chris started singing this song, you know, and it wasn't on the screen. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe when we started talking to God, He wanted to start talking back. Oh, no. ooh, ooh,
2: ooh. That's good, Why
0: is this important? Because the Sozo Company will be a people of God's presence. Is this too much? Are You guys good with me? Yeah, I feel like I'm oh, doing doing it. Doing. I feel like I'm dropping a truckload of Revelation on you. Yeah. 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 The Sozo Company are people of
2: God's
0: presence. They're so saturated in it. They love his presence. They don't care if worship goes an hour, two hours, or whatever because they're just there. Yeah. They're just, oh, God. Like sometimes worship teams, uh, Ray Hughes has a whole teaching on this, but uh, at David's Tavern, they would take rotations of like six hours. Sometimes they'd be playing one song for like six hours. Wow. Yeah. Because God had to say something.
2: Because remember,
0: the sword of the, the Lord is being released. He's going to be releasing it until that thing's accomplished, until it's done. Yeah, it. And so until the song's done, the song ain't done. One of these nights, I don't don't know if you guys remember, but we went into intercession and and fire and glory. I went to, I I think I played one song for like an hour (laughs) and I couldn't get off. I could, you know. I could technically just get off the song and go to the next song, but the anointing would lift. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because I am like addicted to the anointing in a healthy way, like I, I, I'm like, and as a leader, I have to facilitate the presence. I'm not there to just sing songs, right? I'm not there to just play music. I'm there to facilitate encounters with the Lord. And so we got stuck in an intercession moment and stuff started happening. And I think that was the night where, the, where Jeremy decreed, you know, peace over the race wars. And yes. the very the very next day, dude, the, 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 it was like an international police chief guy issued yeah. an apology to minorities and said, we have to start working on this. Ooh, he said this, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I could even post it somewhere, but I, I saw the, C- Susan actually sent me the CNN article. It was like, what the heck, dude? You could read it. It was a CNN article. Yeah. And so that's crazy. <laughs> and that's, that's the part where it says, in Obadiah, remember, we're still in Obadiah, alright? Here we go. The saviors will go up to Mount Zion, and, and then it says, to judge the mountains of Esau. Basically, the enemy, to pronounce judgment on the enemy. And that's exactly what happens from the place of his presence. It's not just us trying to fight principalities and all that stuff. If we do that, we'll get ourselves jacked up. Because we're fighting battles the Lord didn't invite us into. You know what I mean? But when we're in the presence and God speaks, and the sword is there, you might want to release that bad boy and see what happens. Is this making sense? You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not just us coming up, making up stuff that we want to do. Sometimes the Lord, I mean, this, this happened a couple conferences ago. I was leading worship, and all of a sudden we're singing that song, uh, Where You Are. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There's nothing like your love. And I started feeling this heart for the orphans. And the, and, and, I, and, I, and, the, and the widows and all this stuff, and I started singing, and I, and I told everyone, I said, guys, we, we can't be singing this for ourselves. We're good. We're in the conference. You know what I mean? Like, God loves us, you know? But, like, there's people out there. There's orphans that need food. There's orphans that need love. There's people. And I started singing, and I said, let's sing this over the orphans. Let's sing this. And lo and behold, I was literally... Jeremy had a notebook, and he was about to take an offering for the orphans because they support an orphanage called, uh, a ministry called Project Orphan. And I had no idea. I was just up in Mount Zion, and the Lord began talking. We started releasing it, and all of a sudden they're like, uh, I think we need to take the offering now. <laughs> because the, we're in the presence of God, we're ministering to Him, but now He wants to minister to us. And what's on your heart, Dad? All oh, the orphans are on your heart. And by the way, they're always on his heart. Amen. But in that specific moment, he was highlighting them, saying, I want to tell, and I even told this story. Man, I was, in 2006, I was in Uganda. I was holding this, uh, this kid, and then uh, my friend John was holding another kid. And, and uh, actually, he was holding the kid. I was holding the kid. And then he looks at me, and he says, Andrew, hey, look. I'm holding Jesus. Because wow. he's holding the orphan. Because wow. Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. It changed my whole perspective. I was like, <sighs> you know, like tears swelling up, you know, like, dang. Because if we want to be religious, then we have to take care of the widow and the orphan and keep ourselves unspotted from the world. That's what the Bible says. But this is what the Sozo company is. They're not only just like releasing healing and doing all that, but they're people of God's presence. Oh, like when we started singing that song tonight, you know,
3: it's
0: the power of your presence that changes us. You know, your you glory all around us, and we're undone. You open up the heavens and fall afresh on us. That's, that's the Sozo company going up to Mount Zion. Going up to the place of the glory, of the presence of God. Ah, and it's again, it's not just a religious requirement, but it's breath and life to us.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to tell you this story, and then we're gonna we'll close. Hey, look at that.
2: Uh,
0: this is what it. This is um. Some of you guys might have heard this story before, but I, I just want to say this story only because I want you to catch this in your spirit of what it is to be a people. Yeah, y'all can, y'all can,
2: yeah,
0: that's good. <laughs> Dominic, you have a, a meeting to meet with me after Crux. Oh, yeah, has yeah. <laughs> got a, a notification about it. <laughs> so there was a, there was a dude who would sing opera, famous, famous opera singer. And he would, you know, he was a big dude, big name. He would go out and sing and do these shows all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he would, uh, he would close the shows with this song, The Lord's Prayer. Now, I don't really, you know, I, I don't have an opera voice or whatever, but he would, he would do that. And the song is powerful in itself. It's basically singing the Lord's Prayer. It's powerful. And people wouldn't move. They would just be, like, stunned because, wow, that's great. And so this guy, this famous opera singer, goes to, goes to a, a church one night, a, a Sunday night service. And he goes there, and there's this young kid who's leading worship. And then he sings that same song. He sings the Lord's Prayer song. And when he sings it, people actually get up out of their seats and start coming forward. And it's like, whoa, something different is happening when this dude's singing it. Wow. And so the opera singer goes up to the young man after the service and he says, hey man, I'm, I'm so-and-so. And the young kid's like, I, I know who you are because he's a famous dude. He's like, I know who you are. And he's like, yeah, you, you sing that song tonight. I sing the same song at the end of, of my, my concerts. And, uh, it's awesome, you know. and, and uh, But he said, but it's different. Because when I sing it, I feel like the people should move. But when you sing it, the people are, are touched and they're moved. And the thing is, you know, and he was trying to be respectful to him, but he was like, you you haven't really had training like I have. And I think they should move when I do it, but why do they move when you do it? And the young man looks at him and he says, you know the song, but I know the man. Whoa. Whoa. That's good. Yeah.
3: Wow. There's a whole nother place right
0: And I'm telling you, that's the mark of the Sozo Company. Not just doing stuff, just to do stuff. We're friends of God. you with me on this? I want you to just get in your best posture of worship, (laughs) whether that's standing, whether that's sitting, whether that's whatever you can, whatever you need to do to really respond. I'm just going to put this over here. Some of us may want to stand, some of us may want to sit. Jesus, remind us once again what it's all about. given you faith to move mountains, God's given you faith inside, I don't know if you ever feel like that, but it doesn't matter, because you got it, bro, there's, there's a mustard seed inside of you, and there is faith inside of you, and God's going to begin to increase on you, so release it to Him today, Jesus, mighty name, encounter, after encounter, after encounter, in the secret place. place. God, we thank you for a people of your presence. And God, I thank you for the anointing and the glory of God. focus on Jesus all over this room i just I'd rather have a company, a sozo company, than a dry company. And so, Lord, let us never lose your heart. Let us never lose your heart. This heart right here.
2: Jesus.
0: Like, there's you know, I gotta be my gene, okay, that's cool. But I mean, like, the personality, the gifts, the temperament, all that, who you are is enough. God likes you, and you're good at being you, you're not that good at being someone else. And so, however, it looks for you, I'm commissioning you tonight. It's like, well, my evangelism is I just smile. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. But it's, you know, maybe some words would be like, a yeah. to Sometimes all you can do is smile. There you get what I mean. Lord, I pray I bless this group and I charge them. Whatever, you know, area of influence they're going into, whether it is business, whether it is the classroom, whether it is restaurant, whatever it is God we can be ourselves wrapped up in Christ saviors
1: go pray for someone, we're like, oh no, God's like, no, like, I went for the cross for you and for that person, like, go not stay in your bubble, like, get out of your freaking comfort zone, <laughs> I don't want you to be there, you know, like, the greatest things happen when you're outside of that, because it's not on you, it's on him, so I just felt about breaking that, like, mentality of being comfortable with us instead of uncomfortable, but comfort in him, so... go like shoot we're to go and populate the earth don't mess around so god i just thank you, jesus that that even um even in making disciples father god that we're gonna go we're gonna break chains so we just thank you break ours so we can break others
0: sisters around for you so Lord let's just stretch our hands to him Lord we thank you for our brother Lord and we thank you for hope being restored and every lens that has uh, just been a, a despair lens or a heart sick lens we take it off now in Jesus' name Jesus name, we just release the lens of heaven the eager expectation of good and the cynicism draw Jesus. And God, I thank you. It's, it's going to be like, that's nice, because Dominic's laying like, hands, he's the most encouraging person you know? <laughs> So, let that Barnabas anointing come. Let that Jonathan, David's you know, homie. Those kind of people are hard to find. But God, I thank you for inside of the God, And then, I feel like it's already a seed of who you are, like because you are an encouraging dude, but I, I just... God, I just feel like God's doing something with his part of his and encouragement. Like you're gonna you're gonna like go up to like, you know a, a situation like a car crash and then like find something of oh, the stereo's still there though. you know like
2: <laughs>
0: This is the kind of hope. So Lord, let him, let him have the type of hope that is like, you know, seemingly over exaggerated hope, you know like, Let him be that hopeful. Today we release great helpfulness and things so. that it's not just for so he can be that for other people but for his own life. Yeah.
2: There's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's Jesus, name. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I,
0: mean, I, I, kind of, I, mean, I feel like. You said that, you know, one person will come with a song, one person will come with a tongue, one interpretation, another person will come with a
2: ¿Qué something on
1: my phone and do So, round two?
2: <laughs>